0: Welcome to 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. I'm your host, Rachel Vogel, and joining me is Will Tenney, founder and managing partner of Sunpop. He's a Forbes 30 under 30 honoree, music executive, entrepreneur, and multi-instrumentalist. At Sunpop, he looks after artists like Quarters of Change and Pop Tropica Sluts. And as a label, Sumpop has independently sold more than 500,000 records with artists like Sarah Bareilles, Lizzie McAlpine, Stephen Dawes, and more. Before the launch of the company, he was head of streaming, strategy, and promotion at Crush Music. While there, he oversaw campaigns for artists like Lord, Miley Cyrus, and Green Day. And as an artist himself, Will has toured North America with artists like Love, Cash Cash, and Parachute, and he currently plays in the rock band Exit. So, Will... It's great to have you here.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. We're happy to be here.
0: Well, with that said, are you ready to jump into question one? Yeah, let's rock. Imagine for a second you're sitting down with your 25-year-old self. What one piece of advice would you give him on a personal note? And what one piece of advice would you give him from a business perspective?
1: These are deep questions, Rachel. <laughs> um, Well, I think from a business perspective, what I would remind my 25-year-old self I was probably already thinking about this a little bit, um, is that the only, uh, person that is really has any interest in your success really is you. Um, and I think that's important for people to remember as they enter the corporate music business, um, A lot of higher ups will tell you, you know, we have you on a track, we're looking out for you, et cetera. And and most of the time people have good, you know, your best interests at heart. That's true. But it's important for people to remember that like, ultimately it's up to you. So many people in the music business in particular get stuck in a cycle. I mean, we're notorious in the music business for having 30 year old assistants, you know, which is not okay, by the way, (laughs) those people are killers and probably excellent at their jobs and- should not be assistants at 30 years old. And so you need to advocate for yourself. And sometimes that means leaving the company you feel loyal to uh, or doing your own thing uh, or a combination of the two. Uh, So that's what I would say on on the professional side. On the personal side, I would probably just remind my 25-year-old self that as much as you love the music business and as fun as it is to get wrapped up in this thing that we do, at the end of the day or once a week or whenever just try to tap in and remind yourself that there are bigger things out there. Um, this isn't the be all, end all. And um, there are more important things in life. As important as this is to me, uh, you know, meeting my wife and, you know, talking about family, etc., cetera, um, you know, put, kind of puts it all in perspective. So at the end of the day, when uh, you think it's the end of the world because all your artists are running around on fire and <laughs> – so and so is not calling you back, and the label's yelling at you. Uh, just remember that uh, it's it's uh, there's there's bigger things.
0: The world keeps spinning. The
1: world keeps spinning.
0: So, was there any pivotal moment that led you to creating Sunpop?
1: Well, I always knew I was going to be in the music business. We were talking about this a little bit before we started. I I'm a unique uh, human, I think, in that. While other kids were trying to be firefighters or astronauts when they were five, I was like, I want to be a record executive. And all the parents were like, this kid is weird. So I always knew I was going to do it. It was just kind of a, a question of when and how. Um, I, I first started Sunpop in 2015 um, after I had spent two years working at an investment bank, sort of piling away money to start this business and sort of to go back to what we talked about earlier. I had been presented with an industry job as well on the assistant side, and while it was probably a great, would have been a great learning opportunity for me, the offer, uh, uh, you know, from this other job that I had, a, you know, was was going to pay me six years' salary as that assistant. Mm-hmm. Or, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to still try to learn as much as I can, or as I would have if I was that assistant. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pile away this money so that I can do it for real, you know, in 15 months or whatever. So I, I first started it in 2015. And um, I guess to answer your question directly, one of the, the pivotal things that kind of uh, triggered the start of the company was that we saw the writing on the wall for the transition to the streaming model. And we, um, alongside a guy named Jay Frank, who ended up running streaming for all of Universal Music, became one of the first streaming promotion shops on the street. And so we quickly saw that that was a business and started working with all the majors. And that led me to uh, working with our biggest consulting client at the time, which was Crush Music. And then I eventually you know, got brought in house there. Um, did that answer your question? <laughs> Those are some reasons I started my business and how I started my business.
0: All right. Moving along to question two. Every industry has its dirty little secrets, and you and I both know that it's no different in the music industry. And sometimes people think that's a bad thing, but that isn't always the case. Sometimes they can be good. So, what's one secret you would like to share with our listeners about the industry? You gotta be careful here.
1: Oh my gosh. All of our partners are like shaking in their boots right now. I know.
0: They're like, don't say <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> uh, let me think of something relatively safe. I think, I think a secret. Uh, that I would share with listeners that I feel like most people don't know is that nothing really happens for real in the music business unless it's part of the system. And to elaborate that on that a bit uh, I'm talking about the system is just like the existing music business infrastructure, labels, partners, agents, lawyers, managers, a lot of people that are successful in other businesses or that are new to the business come into music and they think they can be successful without like playing the game, if you will. Like we're going to do it on our own. Like we don't need the old stuff or whatever. And to some degree that's, that's fine. But in my opinion, nothing is truly big unless it's to some degree part of the system. And and I w- was a huge offender of this. Like growing up, you know, super interested in the music business and a young arrogant man, um, as we are. We apologize for that. Um, <laughs> you know, I said I'm going to work harder. I'm going to be smarter. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it on my own. And if people don't want to give me opportunity, that's okay. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to outdo them and I'm going to be successful. And literally like the first day that I worked in the proper music business, like kind of like saw behind the curtain, I was just like, I had a revelation moment. Oh my God. Like I would have been running on a treadmill for the rest of my life, Mm -hmm. like trying to make it happen arrogantly. Like I learned more in one day inside the system about how things work than I did in the 15 years prior of me hustling as like a aspiring music business professional. And uh, from that day forward, I had really great perspective about, listen, the evils of the music business exist, whether you want to acknowledge them or not. So it's up to you to... um, Decide how you're going to work with those realities in, in a way that you know is, is honest to you in the project. In short, what I'm saying is, um, y- y- you have to ha- you have to have one foot in in the music business. Uh, you can't do it on your own, and you can do a lot of things on your own. But um,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that also speaks to just being well rounded. I think it's important to learn all different aspects of the business, especially if you're aspiring to be a record executive
1: totally and like you know it's so funny people all in a lot of times i I talk about this in my classes or whatever and people say oh well this is when i get all the time right everyone says oh well what about chance the rapper and i'm like yeah Uh, what about him or what about macklemore i said okay what about him Well, well they were independent and they're big and i'm like yes i'm not i'm not saying you can't be independent i'm what macklemore and at one point chance the rapper did was they simply rather than going into the major label system and using those resources they simply like paid those people freelance to act on their behalf which is the Mm -hmm. same thing it just is a different model so
0: right they still had people in the system
1: totally yeah absolutely
0: all right well Here we go. Question three. Throughout your career, I can only imagine you've been asked plenty of questions, whether for industry conferences, the media, or even a promotion. But throughout all of those interviews and all of those questions, there has to be one question that you've never been asked but would have liked to. So what is that question and what would be your answer?
1: Wow, these are so well thought (laughs) out. Oh my God. No one's ever asked me what my favorite book is. I, uh, I'm i pretty vocal about being a, a big reader, about uh, reading being a really important part of uh, being like a leveled music industry person. Um, and to answer your question or my question, I think my favorite book, I think my favorite book is uh, Hitmen. Um, and Hitman is a famous music industry book by a guy named Fred Dannen. It's a little bit old school. It Came out, uh, I think, in 1990 uh, or the end of the 80s. But it um, it talks about the music business, industry, music industry system um, in various capacities from basically the uh, 40s through the early 90s, uh, sort of the the early days of. Uh, commercial music and recorded music being sold and why I like it so much is it really uh it paints this really romantic Hollywood picture of these old music industry professionals that were kind of like you know they, they probably weren't always the best guys or gals mm-hmm. um but it's just uh it, it painted this really romantic um picture for me as a, a young man um about the kind of person that succeeds in the business. And I was able to say, okay, that's really cool. Maybe morally there are some things happening there that I don't agree with, but I'm going to take some elements and learn from, from them and and create my own version, which hopefully is, uh, you know, a, a much more efficient and focused version of those. Uh, mm-hmm. but there, there's a quote in the book that I love so much and I'm going to butcher it. Um, but I, it's, it's one of my favorite quotes of all time. Uh, they're in a a Hilton Hotel uh, lobby having like a music industry event. And somebody gets up and it's a bunch of promotion people in the audience. And um, this was the 80s when Central Park was extremely dangerous at night. Mm-hmm. And um, someone gets up on the stand and and he says he he says oh my gosh like what a what a room of absolute like killers and then he looks and he says to the non-music industry people i want to let you know you would be safer sleeping in central park tonight than you would be on the panel with this group of cutthroats and i oh was like my gosh i just like it, something about that just made me was like this like whatever it takes attitude to get the job done um and it just it it made me laugh. Anyway, answer no one's asked me about books. Hitman is my favorite book. Um there you go. We did it.
0: All right. Well, you're gonna have to send me um your your reading list. We'll have to okay. drop it in the description of this episode. you know, actually
1: <laughs> actually uh I I do if, if for anyone listening, I um I have like an informal book club. So what I do is I uh when I'm done with the book, post it on my Instagram story. Um and first one to respond, I mail it to you. I write my name in it. I write when I wrote it. And the only condition is you have to read it, write your name in it, and pass it on to somebody else. Um, That's incredible. So follow me on Instagram. Yeah, just watch the stories. Yeah, watch the stories. I, I probably won't give away my copy of Hitman because it's it was uh, I have someone's copy from uh, Atlantic in the – actually from Electra in the 90s, which is super oh, wow. cool. wow. Um, but we just gave away Sam Hollander's book. Um, we just gave away Butch Walker's book. Um, Yeah, there's giving them away all the time. So follow and uh, take a look.
0: Amazing. Well, Will, it's been so great having you on tonight. Thanks so much for taking the time. To everyone listening, I know you enjoyed tonight's episode. So stay tuned for next week's episode of 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. See you there.
1: Rachel, we appreciate you, thank you.